0: back to the 13th or an meeting of the 168th session. <laughs> We've well, we probably had exams and winter exams, well done, I trust they went well. For first years, ask anyone older than you what winter exams are, please give them out. So this semester we have quite a lot in front of us. We have so much in store. We have converseps, you know, anyone who's a citizen sort of college, post- Tell you for trouble. Uh,
1: we have the EGM, which is the emergency general meeting. Then we have the
0: AGM, and then we have the schools competition, and then we have our birthday pub crawl. So there's quite a lot this semester. This this isn't a part where you ask questions. So well, let's save it for for president's questions. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Sullivan,
2: yes. I would like to propose a motion in light of recent events. This house would deny Donald Trump. A
3: state visit to the oh, United Kingdom. Okay. I wonder who go respond to that. Does
0: anyone have an opinion on that matter that they'd like to?
3: Surely they got out
0: Why
4: would you? What do you mean? Give reasons for. Well, would you
0: like to, to elaborate on your 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 proposition? Because I don't like it. <laughs> Um, um, Mr. Waiters, uh, uh, I will say the the terms of
3: the the petitions that he, he might bring disrepute like in the Queen's presence might might embarrass the Queen. I, I have never I've never been a nationalist or a royalist. I just didn't want her presence to be disgraced by this moron. came upon me,
2: you can <laughs> <role? laughs> well, well, the the. The office of the Prime Minister is currently defined. It's generally accepted to be someone who has the confidence of the House of Commons. But I think it's pretty clear that current Prime Minister does not have the confidence of Her Majesty because she keeps not letting her in on Brexit stuff and inviting horrible misogynists to come and meet with her and, and just being generally annoying. So I would like to amend this to this House House. No confidence in either Donald Trump or Theresa yeah.
0: May. fair? Would anyone like to raise any issues with the
2: amendment or to speak
3: There's against the amendment? There's no party the... amendment? Pardon? That was not a party polemic. Well, it is because it's going against the Conservative yeah. Party. <laughs> it's going against the leader of the government. And I uh, one we'll more for you. you. One more for us. The cool left,
0: What? Would anyone like to speak against the amendment or propose an alternative amendment? Ah, uh, Mr. O'Donnell.
1: Uh, Mr. Chairman of the House, I have no intention really defending Donald Trump for his actions. Um, the problem is that i would to have to defend Donald Trump for his actions in the President of this House. Um, when it comes to international diplomacy, unfortunately, sometimes morality just has to go out the window. When it comes to an issue such as Brexit, we find that 52% of the United Kingdom was prepared trash to the economy that, the largest trading market in the world, and therefore foreign policy now has to become commercial. If we are to survive in the next coming year, following Brexit single market economically, giving you in here future graduates jobs in in a market, you you there will need to be free trade deals done. Unfortunately, that means that the United States, who is one of the largest trading markets in the world, will need to do it. Donald Trump is a narcissist, rolling out a gilded welcome him is likely to get him on his good side and allows to a better deal. And um, as for affronting Her Majesty, I am very concerned about affronting Her Majesty. But let's be serious here. Her Majesty has dying with like horrible dictators from across the world, all over the ages. And she she is very capable of dealing with Let's, let's not forget this is the woman. Who drove the King of Saudi Arabia on in a landover, despite the fact that women are unable to drive in Saudi Arabia, okay. basically giving him the two fingers and then you know, and maybe back off the fucking palace to do another deal with the government. This is a woman that is very capable of like doing international diplomacy for us and getting a better deal for us. It's time to go at the red carpet. We all hate Donald Trump, but unfortunately he is the United the President of the United States of
5: America and we have to deal with that.
3: So, we are leaving the EU. Um, (laughs) 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 I I currently think against Phyllis' motion that she's playing a brilliant game right now. The only way you're going to get this 27 block EU. uh, to start shaking is if they know that Britain has got a better offer elsewhere. Okay, and the bottom line is, once England, UK, leave the EU, the EU's economy shrinks by about a quarter. Okay, the American economy is then about $3 trillion a year better than the EU. It starts dwarfing it. We are, she's playing this game to play the two off against each other, and she's doing it brilliantly right now. It's about time we as a country, I know some people here didn't know to, but it's about time we as a nation start getting behind her, and start allowing her to play the game that she's playing, and it's a game. She would rather have a trade deal with the EU. It makes much more sense to close down a whole handful of businesses to then spend five years for new businesses to start exploring new markets. It makes more sense to do that. But to get a deal with the EU, you have to go there going, we've got a better offer idea. What are you going to do now? We can walk away and literally with the same line that Nigel Farage can use, which is no deal is better than the current deal we've got. And that's how she can go if she knows Trump's in her back pocket. And that's the bottom line right now. So yes, he is an arsehole, I know that, and I support him, okay? He is an absolute arsehole, but he's an arsehole who actually gets the economy of the UK into a better place than it is right now as a member of the EU. So it's about time we actually drop our moral by ground for a year or so, and start playing business with our country's economy and winning. <laughs> so.
6: Ooh.
3: I sort of reword that in a way that sort of either addresses Finley's uh, <laughs> okay, so, yeah, so, First I think it's just scrapping this motion. I'm sorry in, I think Theresa may like say actually played a brilliant game. Okay, so having a vote of no confidence in somebody that's playing a game is completely short-sighted. I'm quite happy to go with the original motion. We'll probably vote the motion with the motion, I'm sure, in this house. But, that motion of basically saying you have no confidence in Theresa May is the most short-sighted motion I've possibly ever heard. Right, well then, on that we'll vote on the amendment
0: then, on favour of... What was your amendment again, so
2: <laughs> I didn't really think about it, No. Um, <laughs> this house has no confidence in either Donald Trump or Theresa May. OK, enjoy.
0: I think that's a pretty obvious. Shall, we, shall we vote on the the, the motion, then? This House has no confidence for Donald Trump or for example, Or the original or. oh, we'll go for the uh, So all in favour of having no confidence in either Donald Trump or the Prime Minister, say aye. 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 And all of those who do have confidence in Trump or the Prime
2: Minister,
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> All those who disagree with the motion would be amendment. Yeah, so we'll say nay. Uh, sorry, sorry. those who disagree with the amendment say nay. <laughs> <laughs> nay. 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 No, so you know Meh.
1: Nah. Nah. <laughs> it's kind of mixed all right to be honest, too. Nobody has any confidence in it? No one has <laughs> <yeah.
3: laughs> right no. Yeah. Yeah, the, the motion's been date basically the amendment's been denied, it's now time to vote So on a like all of, all of order. Nobody
2: seconded either the motion or the amendment. i second the
0: motion. Then we'll look the initial motion. This was would not give Donald Trump a state visit. All in favour of giving Donald Trump a state visit, say aye. Aye. All those against giving a state visit, say aye. no. No, aye. And anyone who wants to abstain on them? Oh, like, nope, I don't really want to cut that, but the an answer is it's very right close in here, so I think that may have happened. Have you actually got a number? <laughs> <laughs>
3: right have you no. got a number? No, it's private members business. we
5: don't need an actual number. So the motion was what you abstained? <laughs> well, no, it wasn't a number, so it's an airtight address. Thrilling
0: stuff! Yeah! <laughs> so, next, anyone else who has a problem business? Something that's a little light,
2: lighter, hopefully? <laughs> yeah? Yes? Yeah. Um, well, Jeremy Corbyn said yesterday <laughs> that he um, supports people, uh, sorry, LGBT supports people who choose to be gay and lesbian. Is that a setback for the LGBT community? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> People who choose to be gay. Does anyone agree
7: with that? Yourself? I'd just like to say that it doesn't down well matter whether it is a choice. Like, even if it was a choice, but I don't think it is, you should still be able to choose to do like, it. Like,
0: it still doesn't harm anybody. But to be able to choose you anyone in the LGBT community to make a like that? Probably. Jeremy Corbyn does a lot of harm. <laughs>
8: I mean, it's yes. It's difficult wording because the the headline would suggest that the reason, the presupposition it the presupposition is that you choose to be gay or straight. But reading kind of around it, it does almost seem to be like chooses as in practicing. So supporting people who are practicing which is too much of a kind of gray area, so I think it does it does do more on than good overall. Did all the good intentions of that? Thirty
4: Yes, it's coming. Frankly, you're reading too much into that. That's like a subtext of that, and anyone is going to look at that at this <laughs> level and say, okay, he's saying people choose to be gay, which is just feeding into the rhetoric that. You know, people choose to be gay, like they choose to be, I don't know, I, I'm not saying this as a comparison, but have an illness or anything, but people don't choose to be gay, like you can't just opt That's on of being point that. That, point. that. Jeremy yeah. Corbyn should be criticised for that statement, but frankly, I don't believe Jeremy Corbyn like, knows what any young person thinks or anything, so no wonder he would say that.
0: Right, and with that, we will move on to the minutes from the last debate, uh, that the motion being this house would be in the well, so It was a hard-hitting, and uh, uh, very serious debate. Um, everyone was asking very soft questions, so that, we'll move
1: on the That will be read by Mr. Peter Downs. i The 12th only
9: meeting at the took place on the 15th of December 2016 and was attended by 29 members. Private managers business was kicked off with the issue of the backstabbing Miliband, who thought, hey, Mr John McKean brought the business to the House of Ed Miliband not supporting the intervention in Syria, citing the atrocities of the Assad government and asking the House to condemn his actions. Ms Kerry Campbell responded by saying that the vote was more specific than just intervention in Syria and related to particular war crimes. Committed under the Assad administration. Further added to this, Mr. Miller's first contribution to this evening's proceeding was that he likes a good bomb, make that of what you will. And the member said yes um, to it was made by Mr. Jonathan Finn and subsequently passed, who suggested that we should condemn Cameron's actions in Syria as well. The first President Bertie as asked the House, agreed that Ed Miliband was indeed a sneaky snake. The house unequivocally agreed. Miss Cara Campbell also commented upon our choice of venue for the evening. Instead of the grandeur of the scenery, we ventured into the source Peter Frog Centre. She wanted the house to know that she was pleased with the surroundings as her feet could touch the floor. At the Literary we are committed to promoting diversity and looking after our fellow Literarians. Thus, the comment was well noted. We swiftly moved on to president's questions, but it was that where Miss Lily Vetter asked what the president was doing for Christmas dinner. Mr Murphy asserted said that he wasn't just having a Christmas dinner, but a middle class Christmas dinner. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is your president. Yes. That's the motion everybody had been waiting for Wasn't it? This house would unite Santa's us. Well. Craig Miller opened for the proposition. And even with a debate far removed from the wonderful world of Northern Irish politics, he managed to mention Sinn Fein.
6: <laughs>
9: <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Miller points out the apparent disastrous effect of uniting else, and yes, he was speaking for the proposition, and went on to vindicate the eradication of it and bringing Christmas back to its true meaning, reducing the commercialisation of this religious festival. Mr. Hugh Dobbin kicked off the argument proposition by stating that he was a big lover of the JC, but questioned its relevance to the motion. Mr. Dobbin's defence of not unionising ours was begun by asserting that we need to look at the unique socio economic makeup of the North Pole. We don't debate things like half here in the <laughs> <laughs> He also thanked the introduction of a union. The elves would foster a class system and the deep struggles that we all know who come with that. He asserted that elf culture is completely foreign to us. We know nothing about them or the ideals that they have, and thus we shouldn't be unionizing elves. Our second proposition was Mr. John McLean. Sounding worriedly similar to some of our snakiest snakes of politicians, he claimed that by unionizing elves, poverty could be wiped out in an and you would even deliver a budget surface. Mr. McLean went on to say that Santa was indeed a racist man. One of the members of bizarre claims <laughs> from speakers by all sides which were made throughout the evening. An interesting turn in the speech, Mr. McLean concluded that food prices will rise, rich people will then die, and we will eradicate poverty. Try that for Speaking second for opposition was Miss Rachel Ireland, who pointed out that Elf genocide, propagated by the two speakers of the opposition, was interestingly not the way to get forward. She cited the wonderful documentary film starring Will Ferrell and concluded (laughs) that we don't know enough about elf culture to intervene. Closing for the proposition was Mr Matthew Sullivan. He declared that despite the carefully manufactured publicity surrounding Mr Claus, that he was in fact someone of an incredibly insidious and evil nature. He argued that this evil dictator needed to be stopped and cited that due to the West tradition of intervening into situations whenever and whatever the situation, now more than ever they were needed to overthrow the dictatorship that shackles the elderly people. By starting a revolution and the unionising of the elves would be paramount to this. Closing for the opposition was Mr. Jonathan Finney, who agreed that Santa must die. Bit extreme, but there we are. He points out that unionising elves would only further entrench their place in such a repressive system. Santa, what unions he claimed to stupefy the workers and think they are free. Mr Finney gave a vision of complete equality, or so he claimed, and then no else would want to go back to the drudgery and uniformity the that they face today. He concluded by stating that the only clause they want for Christmas is clause four. Hey. Questions were then heard from Mr Chris Fat, Miss Kara Campbell, Miss Cara Campbell, Mr. Robert Clark, and Mr. Calvin Black. Mr Murphy then announced the result of a very close competition which ran throughout the evening's proceedings that of the greatest pun Mr Jonathan Fairley was awarded a full tray of Tesco's finest wins funds for his National Elf Service pun and the committee <laughs> <laughs> The President then announced that after the spoke, their vote of speakability that the House wanted to euthanise the Elves after correcting himself he announced that the motion has not passed Therefore, uh, no unionising at all. A bit of shame really. Might take a little bit.
0: A uh, and last bit before we move on to the bit. Uh, one, I should just clarify. One of the things that's coming up uh, two weeks from now, the EGM. Um, we're going to be having. Uh, not next Thursday, Thursday afterwards, it's pretty much just an emergency uh, general meeting of the society to finally sort out who our treasurer is going to be the AGM. Uh, basically, because it's an executive role, it has to be uh, decided by a vote of our new membership. So uh, you'll have an opportunity to hear from the candidates on that evening and to vote on the matter. Um, we'll also be tabling a couple of amendments because over the past year we've sort of noticed that. Uh, there are a couple of things about the society that could work a bit better. Uh, certainly, the work that's placed on all the, the different council members is slightly more onerous on that we'd like. We think, sir, we think there are things that we could be doing a lot better, and therefore, we want to create two new rules on council. Uh, more info on that at the ADM. So, you have an opportunity to vote on that. you also have an opportunity to, to uh, prove uh, for any more, more information you'd like on how the council is run uh, and the positions that will be talked about. Uh, we'll also be running some of the passive selling rules just on the general line of the society uh, in general. Yeah, so with that, we'll move on to the president's questions and then on to the bit. So if anyone has any questions for me, Mr. Whitehurst.
3: If you have to play
0: one game with Theresa <laughs> May, <laughs> and why is it Buckaroo? <laughs> uh, I'd say the game of life, but. She'd probably put me at a disadvantage. Uh, do you want know to play stuff and serve? Twister, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Twister. because she's Twister. very good at don't know. Not very good <laughs> I just realized that sounds okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really wrong. Cool, so. i, that. I that She's flexible. So Mr. <laughs> uh, <listen, laughs>
3: Can we start celebrating the Day please? No. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, uh Miss
0: No Don't
4: cure Campbell? No, no, we no, couldn't. No, okay, okay, okay. Oh, so Mary 2017, what's your favourite song?
0: Uh, well, I mean, does it have to be this
4: year? Um, yeah. Well, I was gonna say Kate Ghost didn't of to
0: bikers, but That there guy uh What's his name? Bob Oliver hasn't released a song
5: this year, has he? I can't
0: think of a single contemporary song this year. <laughs> 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 no, maybe not. Uh, okay, actually, uh, there's uh, because I'm a stereotypical white boy, I just have quite a lot of hip-hop. So uh, there's, <laughs> an called, there's an artist called Sappho who released a song in February. Oh, yeah. Check that out. Uh, yeah. So... <laughs> <that's> good. <laughs> I don't know. Look, can we move on to another question? It? It's less embarrassing.
8: Uh... Uh... Really I can't promise it'll be less embarrassing. Um... Uh, where did you get your bow tie?
0: The same place I told you I got a bow tie.
4: He's,
1: He's got a smaller brain. <laughs> Mr. President, as the leader of this society, you are a shiny example to all of us.
6: <laughs>
7: Indeed, it can be said many of us look up to you as an example of how we should
10: live our lives. <laughs> <laughs> Together, <laughs> would you kindly enlighten us, slowly masses, as to the contents of your breakfast. Oh, my you. <laughs>
6: This is
0: really bad. I had a cheesy curry chip at
6: Four o'clock this afternoon. So, and it was really nice. Do you know, I'm not the You well. live at home. How does your mother not look
0: after you? <laughs> oh, you We live in a galitarian society where my mum was at work and I didn't get out of bed until, oh, like, well, actually, I was out of bed to go to class this morning, but after that, I didn't have much to do. So I thought, curry chip, why not? So yeah, um, <laughs> it, it is potatoes, so that technically is like one of your five a day. I'm trying to get the anyway.
5: I'm trying to get one no matter what you Mr. Black, this will be the final question. Thanks. Thank you. Sorry, uh, this isn't quite the right spot, but it took me a while to confirm, but my question is going to be accurate before I ask it. There was a slight omission from the minutes. Uh, I believe, hopefully those of you who were there at the last meeting before Christmas will recall, that I suggested a motion that, uh, a good friend of Mark Lennon, being a B- B- mini Minnie Miller. <laughs> that was a good question, and it passed, a ridiculous margin,
9: I just had to remind us of that. So just, you know, I did it passed by a time. We have to be selective, considering how important the motion. It
5: was so important!
3: In the general
4: we
3: have to, like, do you. I just wanted to remind that. Do you remember that? That's the, that's my Never question. <laughs> that's, that's yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, do the fact <laughs> it wasn't in the minutes, though, it means it didn't it actually happen. Now. Therefore, he is <laughs> no longer mini Miller. Therefore, we are moving on to this debate. Therefore, he's not mini Miller. <laughs> 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 I might use this as an opportunity to make a functional. <laughs> You're
0: you can't. do that for me. No, but, know, no, no. No, no. No, no. No, Order! Uh, on there. <laughs> uh, yeah. So tonight, this house would allow women monthly administration leave for
5: <laughs> Monthly, whatever syntax you prefer, set up everywhere you want. First thing for proposition, Miss Rachel Arnold. Hello.
8: <laughs> this is very strange. Like this is the first time I've ever used notes on my phone to make a speech, and I've an actual bit of pen and paper now, so this is progress, people. And you know what else is progress? Granting women monthly menstruation leave is progress. Um, I'll get to that point in a minute, it's in my first minute. Um, so I would argue that, uh, well, for a for a change, I'm not really going to talk as much about the kind of social importance of granting women monthly menstruation leave, um, but kind of summing up a few ways of how it could actually be practically put into practice. Um, So my suggestion is that it would actually be something that's closer to like a flexi-time, so women can build up extra hours throughout the month and throughout the year, and then if they need to, um, because uh, for anyone who's not sure, no two periods are the same. (laughs) Um, Which is something I never thought I'd say on tape. You won't need the same days every month, you won't need exactly the same calendar days every month, you won't need exactly the same uh, days of your cycle of every month, because symptoms, uh, women who experience particularly heavy cramps or nausea for example will not experience those at the same level every year. Mister, month. <laughs>
9: so I think there's quite a lot of jobs where effective time is one work. like if you're a teacher, do you need to be there to teach your children and like
8: this is true, I am coming to that point um, but finishing off for kind of standard 9 to 5 jobs where maybe when you uh, are menstruating coming in from 9 to 5 isn't really feasible uh, for a number of reasons that may or may not be medical you may... Uh, women experience, women and people who have periods experience a number of different um, different kind of symptoms where sometimes those can be and sometimes they can't, uh, but ultimately work in a particular controlled environment will suffer if women are asked to come in to work uh, when, they be, when they may be running to the bathroom every two minutes because they feel they need to throw up, when they may be pounding back paracetamol or ibuprofen every Four hours, whenever it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it gives women the opportunity to manage their periods as they choose, while still contrib- contributing to a admittedly more office-style workplace. Um, Point. Yes. Okay. So so saying of some
4: women who are taking their leave and some who aren't, isn't this just going to lead to to discrimination in the workplace because they know who is taking leave and who isn't and the ones who aren't taking leave are going to be promoted while the ones who do aren't?
8: Well, no, because this is where the flexi-time system would, in theory, and it is just in theory where that would come in, where women are... Building up the hours in their own way, and it's not a case of that the fact that you have to come into the office every day is a sign of dedication. It's putting in the work where and when you can, and managing your body effectively, and doing always doing the work that you can, no, to the best of your ability. But for jobs like teaching, where you do have to come in every day, and caregiver jobs, where uh, kind of taking time off may not always be an option. This would vary from workplace to workplace. Some schools would be happy to to stop. It's an issue of stockpiling and putting hours in elsewhere so that you can work in different ways at home. The tricky issue with this motion is that there's no one way to do everything um, because jobs are so different, because women are so different, and it's just a very difficult thing to regulate. So my slightly more practical, slightly less social option would be no would be the would be the flex time issue would be having people put in different hours at different times so they could so that they could hopefully work from home and either catch up or build up their hours during the rest of the year. I can't promise that it's the most practical or the most viable situation now. But neither is what we've already got. Neither is forcing women to spend to spend so much money on so many different products, to contribute less, and that, and I think that that is where the discrimination comes in, is that women's work is being affected by something that they can't, that they can regulate but can't control, and it means that it's the same, it's the same as childbirth. When you, ironically, when you don't have your period, it's still, <laughs> it's it's a vicious cycle that can never be won because. Regardless of what you try to do, you're still being—it's still seeing that you're putting less, no, less time, less and less time into your work over the months, um, over months and years, and and even longer, maybe. Because for some jobs, when you do have a child, uh, it, it's hard to come back. It's always hard to come back from, and it's hard to recover from these issues. But sometimes women can't control. So I think I I'm arguing that even in this way, because it's not ideal, I'm not for a minute suggesting that this is something that would have to be implemented from this point it would give women and it would give businesses an opportunity to work together To and it would be different, as I've said before, it would be different from business to business and it would be different from workplace to workplace more generally and it would be different country to country more generally um, because it is a company you regulate but it, gives, it starts a conversation and it, start, it puts something in motion that can be improved on over time, but the the current system that we have isn't working. And even if women can just work in slightly different ways, so that the work they're doing is better, so that you could sit at home, you no, know, with, so you could sit at home um, instead of sitting in a in an upright office chair or walking around, so that you could do different kinds of things, like you could be catching up on notes, or you could be or you could be typing up minutes, and if you do that with a hot water bottle. Um, on your lap, instead of, instead of having to sit upright and convince everyone that you're doing fine when on the inside it's just kind of a lot of fire and screaming, <laughs> uh, as, maybe that's just me. <laughs> but I know from personal experience that I work a lot better at home on days where, not even period specific, on days where I'm feeling down I feel sorry so if I can just sit wrapped up in a blanket and work in my pyjamas and my work is better. My work definitely suffers um, when I have to come in and go to meetings and go to class. And I think that given enough time for a system like this to be put in place, I think general work, not just women's work, I think all work <coughs> could improve. Thank you. And
6: for the, op- the opposition members to be
7: All right, members of the house, today I would like to make the claim that it is absolutely ludicrous that we could try and introduce a system of monthly menstrual. Now, first, I'm going to make what many of you here will see as a very bold claim, and I will say that trying to introduce a scheme like the one Rachel proposed or any other kind of monthly leave set is anti-feminist. That's what I would say, that's the claim I'm going to open. Alright, something that's very important for perspective on this debate is that we need to look at the history of monthly menstrual leave and what's happening. It's not a new system. There are many places, especially in Asia, where it's already been implemented. For example, in Japan, there's been systems in place for monthly menstrual leave as early as 1947. Straight after World War II, they began implementing systems so that women could have this monthly menstrual leave. Now why was this? This was because the Japanese government believed that women who were on their period, who were menstruating, were incapable of working. They said that you're in this weakened state, you can't work, you're not going to be as good as the men, go home, tend to your children, whatever. That was their question. On that point, yes? Okay, um, I'm just going to say this. You don't know what it's
4: like to menstruate. That it's anti-feminist to say women can't work, when some people who do ministry literally cannot work because of how painful
7: it is. To address this on two grounds, firstly, the reason it's anti-feminist is because of this perception, as I said, existed or had already been implemented, that women couldn't work. This is obviously not the case. It's important that we can empower women in the workplace. We shouldn't say that once a month you're not welcome here, once a month you can't work properly. Instead, we should work towards a system whereby, no matter what, how they are, how they're feeling, the women can work effectively in the workplace. What was your second point there? I forgot. You
0: forgot?
5: Yes, that was too that's the question. Okay. That's it's just right. like <laughs> a I'm not well,
7: the point being, then, is that we need to work with women in the workplace that so they can be effective and contribute all around the month. Not like the system in Japan where they said, you're not capable here, that's where it's going. You said that people can be in pain for extended periods of time. That's completely true. And as Rachel's already said, it varies from one to one. That is completely true. My sister assigned me about a friend she has, who was bedridden for four weeks because of her period. Now, at that point of things, it's not just an issue of granting monthly leave. That is serious medical trouble you're having. And there should be systems in place to seek professional medical help for that. And if that's the sort of condition you're in, you can't just say in monthly leave, this is definitely going to sort that out. In that case, it wouldn't. Yes? Firstly, you, you're comparing a system that was
6: implemented at, after World War 2 which you said to yourself, which is clearly yeah. an outdated system. There have since been things. Like more modern that have been working better, it, uh, that aren't necessarily about kicking women out of the workplace. Secondly, mm-hmm. things to do with medical conditions, although they may necess- um, may you may be able to get help initially. A lot of them, are long-reaching things that can't necessarily be cured immediately. I have a friend who can't get out the things. Sorry, um, and basically a lot a lot of stuff. Although it may occur each month, it it is a prolonged thing you physically can't
7: like and if that's the sort of state you're in, monthly leave isn't going to help. That's not the proper system we're trying to implement in this state. It should be systems in place with employers that can properly protect people's medical needs, which I don't believe that a system of monthly leave is going to do. Now, let's talk about the issue of Rachel's flexi-time system, which she suggested. I believe there is no possible way you can implement that fairly. In terms of like, even sorting out how much time do you get, how is time allocated, it's a very dodgy system in trying to prove this. This is an argument I know many people will be fearing coming up tonight. I know many do have many reservations with. But it would be discriminatory towards male workers. And here's why. Here's why. is because if this is just time you're building up over the course of the year, you may have a female employee, a woman who is... Has no problems working on her period while she's menstruating, and that's fine. But say she builds that time up all over the year and she's able to use that to take a week-long holiday at the end of the year. A male doesn't have this option, this is time they don't have. It's just extra holiday time you're giving to a woman, sometimes free. And I don't believe that's fair. So a better system would be needed to be put in place. And I don't believe there's any way that, as the motion suggests, giving monthly leave can accomplish that. These are the practical difficulties. Or And if you're saying, well, maybe there's ways that you can, you know, make sure there's no such abuse in the system you can't. There's no practical way you can do that. Yeah?
4: Well, maybe if we're going to make this better, you should set up a system where you put meals in paid for three days a month.
3: We all listen to you. Yay. <laughs> okay. mm-hmm.
7: The point is, the issue here is important. You can't do that unless you're advocating torture tortured Mr. Trump. But, <laughs> the point it. On a point of or order,
0: order,
2: yeah. President, uh, I would just like to put it to Mr. President, Secretary, or the General to consult the Constitution and see if the comment that Craig just made is in line. I didn't
0: actually hear the comment. No, I was
2: about to say I, I Kira said perhaps one solution would be to put men in the game for three days a and was great. If we are, we listen to you. He also said in a comment earlier, it was simply rather than we should do <coughs> Yeah,
0: well, I consult the Constitution about the Uh I would ask that everyone on both sides of the West and maintain a respectful manner to everyone who's speaking, um, not to make snide or uh, add on an attack against so them just because I have a contrary opinion to you. The clock is paused. Um, so, we're going to continue on from here, and if I would just ask that everybody has a bit more respect for each other and doesn't make attacks on each other for no apparent reason. Yeah. And with that, I'll let you continue on. At five minutes it, you we have just under two minutes left to speak.
7: As I was saying, this is something that needs to be looked at. I'm not saying that we can't have employers provide a way to help the women who are on the period during administration. Of course. I recognise it's difficult, and it's something that has held so many women back in the workplace over the decades. But we can clearly see there that monthly leave isn't the proper way to resolve it. We need to look at alternate solutions. What are they? I don't know. But monthly leave, it presents far too many difficulties in trying to implement it, that we can actually create a fair solution, not only to women in the workplace, but men as well. It's about making us all equal. And this time type of solution, like a flexi time, maybe Johnny has a different solution. I don't believe those would work either. But the point is, I don't think those accommodate the needs of all employees perfectly. That's the point. We need to create a system which accommodates the needs of women who are the peers, but one which is also fair. Yes. <laughs>
8: I I definitely appreciate ideas of um, speaking for equality and I, I completely accept that. But you do have to acknowledge that there are different needs between those two people who have periods and people who don't have them. There's there's very few ways to kind of cater to both sides evenly. What would you suggest in in place of that, if if you have any?
7: Well, that's what I'm saying here, because a monthly leave system is impossible to implement. There's no way to prove it. Would you try and ask a woman in employment to prove their honor period so they can take time off? That's a completely unreasonable to try and ask that. I wouldn't try and implement that. If sanitary products are so expensive, employers, you could ask them to help with that. Not granting leave, because that can be more unfair. Systems in place that you can help out women with difficulties they face. But it's going to wind up being inherently discriminatory, and difficult to implement, if it was a system like that, if you're trying to prove properly, embarrassing to women, could be alienating the workplace, That it becomes very clear this system doesn't help women in the workplace, it puts them in a difficult position, and it's impossible to implement, and therefore, ladies and gentlemen, we must reject the motion today.
3: Thank you.
2: Thank you, Mr. President, Secretary of the House. Um, just to start off on a personal note, I'd uh, like to say this is something of a valedictory speech for me because I will be getting off from this problem about a week from now so won't be that that much in uh, well, I'm touched by your concern, but it's, it's not enough to keep me here. Um, <laughs> Uh, also, I, I think it's, it's rather tedious, but this point has to keep being made, and I know, I know the reason for it this week, and I know that uh, certain other societies were approached to come forward with speakers in certain other societies, as has, done, has happened in the past, came up short on that. Um, I would suggest to the female members of the House that in the absence of other societies who are willing to step up to the mark and put forward speakers that actually represent the issues that we're debating. It might might be time to start thinking about throwing your hat into the ring. Don't be scared. They're not all not all like me. <laughs> <laughs> um, right there, I just wasted my protective minute. wonderful. a couple of points of rebuttal if I can find it. Um, Hugh um, you talk you, talk, you you put forward this idea that, that if you the flexing time idea is put forward that women who don't have as bad periods could use that to build up holiday time. Now I think I would just ask others to reflect on the implications for women's character that, that, that has. If you are assuming people are going to defraud the system, if you're assuming that you should keep you should keep a reserve policy that can help people because some few nefarious types might attempt to defraud it. On I don't board. think that's the most open-minded. I don't think that's the most open-minded way of proceeding. Um, you also said that you, know, you accept that there may be some special provision, but the monthly system isn't the best. I will set out a slightly uh, more abstract argument later for why I think it should be targeted at the monthly cycle. Um, other arguments that would that have been touched on against the proposition uh, include no, perhaps not tonight, but in the general debate, that this could be a disincentive toward hiring women or promoting women. And again, you're cutting you're off the news to spite the fierce or something along those lines. That is something that should be addressed in employment legislation and an employment tribunal. So you don't keep back welfare policies because they might disadvantage people. You make it impossible for them to be disadvantaged, or illegal for them to be disadvantaged by them. Uh, The question of abuse and how you reinforce this, I put forward that this should not be, I couldn't find the right terminology, so I decided to hit on the terminology of passively enforced rather than actively enforced. So it's not means tested. You don't line up women and see if their periods are bad enough for them to deserve an extra day off work every month. But if they are seen out at I don't know what people do these days, but the video game slot machines, or whatever. <laughs> uh, but they shouldn't be at home wrapped with pain. Then that can be recorded, and that can be, because obviously there are some women that have been applied to. But there'll be women who I understand are, uh, why well, need more women? I don't know enough about but I understand, I understand as well as there being medical conditions that can make periods worse, there are some sort of the pill that can alleviate some of the symptoms. So go ahead. How would you suggest to try and police that system? Well, the way, the way I just said um, <laughs> the, 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 if, if abuse is identified retroactively... Can you not accept that no abuse of like <laughs> <people are> to <quite laughs> no. I don't think it's that. I mean, it, it's not an argument to get sickly in general, that somebody might call and but sick, but they might be at home, or they might be on. It's assumed that if they, it's unlikely that they will be identified, but there's all almost wrong risk. I think people would argue that it's not worth the risk. Um, but fundamentally, th- this is not just about um, or this is not just about introducing a new form of sick leave for women for an extra day. Not, that sounds a bit reductive. It's about fundamentally looking again at the, the sort of cultural ideas. Um, preconceptions that structure our our economic life. I put it to you that something that is so ubiquitous for just over half of the human species as the menstrual cycle Mm -hmm. um, is very poorly served in society, uh, in art, in literature, in culture. You know, something that affects so many people so often you would think there would be You'd think if you went through the Louvre of the National Gallery, there'd be lots of representations of women experiencing premenstrual symptoms, but there aren't, because it's ignored. It just isn't taken account of. So any proposal that we put forward tonight is going to sound a little bit out there. It's going to sound a little bit peculiar because you need to shift. You need a, what, what, what was our favourite phrase from a couple of semesters ago? A cultural shift. <laughs> <laughs> you need a little bit of cultural shift. And um, there was a company in Britain, in Bristol, a couple of years ago, that um, introduced a system a little bit like this. Um, and the, the, the CEO, it was a social enterprise, so I mean, we're not talking PWC here, but nonetheless, um, the lady who was in charge of that um, a company made the case that it, it, it wasn't just about you know, relief, it was about improving productivity and also. But this gets a bit airy-fairy, but she said, when women are having their periods, they're in a winter state when they need to regroup, keep warm, and nourish their bodies. The spring section of the cycle, each of the active period, is a time when women are actually three times as productive as usual. So it's not just about trying to offer alleviation and compensating them for something that affects them and doesn't affect men. It's about actually seeing how we can adapt our employment legislation and our economic life to reflect what is fundamental reality for more than half of the population. And I think purely, because of purely for the purposes of redressing that imbalance, these proposals should be given the time of day. As Rachel intimated, some of these may not sound like the most practical solutions, but very seldom is the right thing, the most practical thing to do. We're talking about principle being at least as important as practicality, and that was most nice you, the most next
0: question. for the tonight, and therefore the
10: Uh, ladies and gentlemen, before I start, I just want to say that we're probably the worst public services in the country when it comes to transport. <laughs> and that's why like, this is like this, and it's sheets and wet and stuff like that. So, uh, this is where, this is a place uh, that women should uh, have uh, monthly menstruation. Um, comments, I understand the ironic misogyny of a man coming up here to speak on issues related the well-being of women. I get it do. Well, as this motion directly affects both the sexes, I feel it's valid for myself to have my like five minutes, or seven, as it were, to set my piece. Having been created and not too well endowed with the body part of a man, I'll never <laughs> use this time. <laughs> I've never used this time to tell women how troublesome and painful periods are, and step the water in the Thank you. The issues I'll be raising will be related to workplace productivity, societal impacts, and the hot tail that is gender and inequality. To start, the working week is a fundamental part of our society. The idea that a person goes into work for five, eight-hour days with two days' rest to finish is the staple, and it's also imperative to most functioning workplaces in this country anyway. This is our contracts put uh, well,
8: is this true in the digital age, where so many people are freelancing? Would you say that? Would you agree that the the nine five, day week is still as prevalent as it once was? Uh, it's
10: it's definitely not as prevalent no, but it's still probably well over ninety percent of of jobs in, in terms of the work they and um, so it's still huge. Um, even if you look at part-time work during the weekends, you'll always find that your teams that you're working with in a way your teams are actually quite small. And so if you we were to take again people out of this equation it just makes employers' jobs that bit harder. If, were, if a person was to be on leave, it would throw this productive cycle out of sync. Furthermore, it would promote a sinking attitude, passing women over for promotions if their employers knew that they'd feel of menstrual leave. This would only further cut their chances of trying to climb the ladder, which is Hopefully, what we all agree should be about. In relation to the fiscal issues in the workplace, if it were to be unpaid leave, the financial gap between the sexes would only increase, further ingraining into our society the idea that men need to go out and work and earn the bacon to look after the woman. This motion should be heavily scrutinised on this basis, no matter how pious or morally sound its intentions. Moving on to the complete quagmire that will be paid leave. We see fur- further problems ahead. Again, I can't empathise um, with women's menstrual tri- uh, tribulations. I can't imagine what it feels like. to have their body shed a layer of tissue on a monthly basis. I can only sympathise. Um, so if you've got a female surgeon who's mid-menstruation
3: cramping up, it's her day to have a to this. Would you want her operating on that day, or would you want her to have the ability to be flexible and go, I can operate in three days' time. I night have a theatre then, because that's
10: affecting the flexible time when we're talking about it. I, I understand. I, I take that point. Um, again, for, for women who do, and I do know girls who do uh, get periods really bad, and, and it is a, a major issue. But again, you have to look at all women and doesn't affect all women in the same way. I know you're right. I wouldn't want my surgeon. Yeah if she felt she wasn't able, but I would argue it possibly take sick leave, or looking further uh, in those specific cases to look for different sort of hours or uh or different employment. Uh, no. Um what was I? Right. Uh, Wikipedia tells me um, that it's quite it's quite sore uh, yeah. <laughs> two to even seven days of pain and discomfort. If this to be paid leave, what is to stop someone from taking the full seven, and in relation to your point about flexi-time, that is effectively flexi-time, it's not menstrual leave. Menstrual leave is where you actually get time off, and you shouldn't have to work extra hours to get that time off, that is what the crux of this debate is about. So this not only hurts the workplace, but it also hurts the individual, in that it will promote a resentment from their colleagues towards them. We as a society have a duty to care for all our citizens, and promoting this motion will only serve as a detriment in the long run to women. Leaving the male, female issues aside, even if we just look at women, what happens when a woman doesn't want to take leave but her fellow women co-workers do? This will create a schism and a conflict even within the sex between those who believe Boy. menstrual no, thank you. between those who believe menstrual leave to be a fundamental right and those who believe in the idea of a truly equal working partnership between the sexes. Whilst discussing these delicate issues, we must always be careful to not conflate quality in the discussion. We have a quality at the moment, whereby a man goes to work and works, and a woman goes to work and works and they both go home and have worked the same hours and receive the same pay for their labor. The Equal Pay Act of 1970 took care of that on the force. So this is not quality discussion. And we would do well to remember this as the motion is battled by the room, like was Freeman, one of those epic tasks between Roger Farmer and Rafael Nadal. On that one? Yeah, right. on that one to be sure you won't take it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no thank. I just have a bit. I will take it to the end but. Periods are a natural process within the female body. As inconvenient as they may be for you, really, they are not an illness. Among that, it is also one of the most eagerly anticipated times of the month for men in relationships where they can breathe one huge collective sigh of sight relief. Oh, as they realize they're falling together again. But see it not to men to be the bringers of sanctuary and the breaker of chains and no. To women telling them that you know what, you need to go off and rest. And as if they don't already know how to deal with the period themselves. Leave it also to tell half the population that they need to take some rest. Some fat cat boss man in the office telling that Sandra to day with the pretty red heads, that she needs to go home and deal with something that she's always dealt with her whole life. This book would only seek to impose a misogynistic men who believe that sex is all different when it comes to their work productivity. Women have come so far in the last century with regards to equality in the workplace, and this motion threatens to jeopardise those achievements in an, in an admirable but overall fruitless endeavour. I believe, and I hope this belief is shared throughout this room, that women and men have an equal part to play in our society, and given women menstruation leave for those reasons will only show that this isn't the case. Women are a tough, durable, Primark people. They don't need menstrual leave and we? the studies have shown that they don't want it. I was first by referencing the comedian Shen Wang when he said, why do people say grow some balls? Balls are weak and sensitive. If you want to be tough, grow a vagina. Those things can take a pound. Thank you. Thank you.
0: that, will know you'll uh, two questions for me to, to either side and uh, sort of updating points on the motion or just questions in general if you have them. Uh, just remind all speakers when you're questions to stand up and ask the person directly. Um, yeah, so any questions for the proposition to start off? Mr. McElwood? Um, I think the
2: proposition is a brilliant point. That when, for example, I'm you are, that you work better at home whenever you're in yeah, I'm sorry, um, people working from home isn't uncommon. I don't see why it would be it could be impossible that they would work from home. I, I know that some people like teachers can't, can't work for them, but I don't see why they should some of the to shelter just because some people can't make use of the policy. Yeah, no, I definitely appreciate that. That was kind of my point uh, earlier was that a lot
8: of jobs are free, that's not digital and you can work from home a lot of people do have to work on the move. But for jobs like teachers and surgeons, where you do physically have, even part time work where you have to go in shop, into a shop and stand behind the till for five hours, like I had to do today, um, it's totally, like my to say, says, totally fine. Um, but yes, sometimes you do have to go into a job, and sometimes it is unavoidable that these two things will clash. And I think I have, those people who have, uh, who have periods, I think they have to be taken into account in some way because you can't just tell your headmaster, Oh, I'm not coming in today, I can't do it. But that would be where some kind of system could be implemented where something a provision could be set up that um, people who do experience periods can have something left over to the side to give to a class or to give to someone else and to delegate the roles when they can't uh, work as effectively. Um, I think it's really the cost of my
0: and the opposition like to respond to that. I don't really want to say questions because it wasn't very wonderful. Steve, do you want to make to respond? I take the point, um, and I think it's something that we can't
10: look at. But for this motion, it's meant to so leave. And so, when like, leave means you're out, you're not working from home as much of it. I will be open to discussing that. I think that's a good idea. It's a great idea, actually. Um, and leave means you're leave. You don't have to work, and you shouldn't need work, And that is what this is about. So we can't really them, it's sad. The same. Uh, there are any questions for the opposition? Mm-hmm. Really? I mean, we right.
4: Uh, think, <laughs> like, <laughs> In the face of nobody else asking. I mean, you can give it questions. to all of them, and they can ask. Wait, what's it? you your on. Come tell me. <laughs> okay,
10: so on the point of discrimination, where did you get this point? Oh, yeah. Um, where did you get this? Point? this was No one ever said it was forcedly. Thank you for that original question. To the said I, 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 may, I may have, have said that, but no, I, never, I never said it was forced, um, maybe because we don't really know if it's going to be forced or not. But uh, I bet it won't be forced. You can't really make someone know that if they don't want it. So I'm not really sure of your point. Um, As I, said, I Mr. Bossman, okay, that, that was just a bit of fun, you know, just like Mr. <laughs> Bossman. <That's laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: The um, so motion, uh, I know we have done redefining motion here, but the motion does say allow, and I think it takes a certain amount of dexterous constructivism to interpret a <laughs> as anything other than making it a <laughs> false So, enforced,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Any points of standing on the motion, any points of clarification you'd like, or if is there anything, uh, you've got both sides of the particular back and you'd like them to, to sort of restate? on the bathroom.
3: Uh, two points. One, it bleeding comes the uterus, not the vagina. Uh, 2 uh, so just about this final point there. Uh, Two, menstruation is a natural bodily function. Completely agree with that. Painful menstruation, however, is not. Okay. Painful menstruation is actually a medical problem. Okay. And it's a medical problem people should be seeking their GP about. And there are GPs out there who are specifically trained to deal with this problem. I know that seems funny. But there are GP's out there that are specifically You go across every single GP practice in Northern Ireland and the rest of the UK, and there will be one designated GP for this exact problem. Okay, It's an underused service, and it's one of the reasons why we're having this debate now, because people find it funny that it's a medical problem and we should seek medical advice. Okay, so yes, it's a med- having a period is a natural function, but when it becomes painful, it now becomes a problem, and it's something we should be seeking medical advice about that we don't do in this country, okay, and I'm going to put this to both sides, why do you think that is, and do you think that's why there's some
10: humour around this debate right now? Yes. I completely agree that um, uh, a,
8: a painful period, an exceptionally painful period, is a medical issue that needs to be... Uh, medicated or dealt with by, by a practitioner, but most women will experience most women and people who have periods will experience some form of menstrual cramping because because you're shedding, a lining, and that hurts. That always hurts, and I think the humour is that this entire debate has been has been on all sides, myself included, been speaking generalisations. Because as I mentioned earlier, each woman is different. Each woman, some women will self-medicate. Some women will go to um, a GP, and I think the issue comes from women who the issue comes with women who don't have a bad enough maybe to to feel that they need to go to a GP, and it's what workplaces can do to help all women in all ways be that uh, advising them with. Uh, Some with some kind of health advisor uh, to go and speak to a GP, or women who can self-medicate, and sometimes that's at home, and that's why leave and giving women the option. This is the key part: giving women the option to do that is the most important part. I, I think anyway.
7: Uh, Um, Well, that's the point I actually made. Is like I give the example: someone who's bedridden for four weeks. That's not something you can fix with monthly leave, that's something that you need to get serious medical attention to look at. And if we're just trying to give it this monthly leave, this is going to almost accommodate people who are having serious medical problems, as Craig said. That's why I believe we should be working towards making it so that women can be in the workplace and trying to accommodate that, rather than saying that once a month we should be allowing you to leave. As if we're accepting that there's going to be times when people are incapable of working, we should really be trying to make as many efforts so that we can all work and to make workplaces a more equal and inclusive place as such. Thank you, And, any more questions for the proposition? Excelsior! I believe Mr. Finley made a point near the end of his speech, in which he stated that it was perhaps more efficient to have this mouse building. (coughs) Now, if it were more efficient, the free market would
0: <laughs> implement it. And if I may evoke the efficient market hypothesis, the fact that it's not currently in place generally shows that it's not morphic. How do you respond to
2: they're not entirely the same thing. The efficiency is sort of a cost-benefit thing. It's how productivity relates to cost. Um, And as I said, we're we're not entirely sure that this is necessarily the most cost-effective policy. we said it might not be the most practical thing, but I hope I made the case reasonably enough why I still thought it was the right thing. Um, This point about, about the free market would have done it if it was more efficient. Um, I think that if, if if we have a free market globally if we don't actually just have a lot of wealthy capitalist states so that like to impose the rules of free markets on poorer countries, but like to get quite a lot of help to particularly military and technological industries. But if we have a free market, um, then I suppose, yes, it, it's terribly efficient and it's terribly effective and it doesn't matter if it destroys the environment and makes people poor and think but it's at least it's effective and efficient, right?
0: Opposition? Michael Fonda? Do you want to take up on that or have the you want to direct the I totally bothered about that one. Would you like to last comment on that? <laughs> <laughs> right
6: then, one more question for the audience, can I Mr. Dermot? um Mr. Dermot, throughout your speech and uh, everything you've said, you keep going on about the fact that women have to be specifically in their workplace to be working, but I, don't, I really don't understand how actually being in the physical place changes their productivity when being a home would be perfectly fine. You never kind of specifically okay. said why they need to be like, say if in an office, you're always
7: like, we need to get them back into the workplace. Why does that I'm thinking for most like less kind of hands on jobs. Of course the point is this yeah. the motion I to, to squirrel again. The motion isn't this house would allow menstruation leave for office jobs, this house would allow menstruation leave here, here. The motion isn't that this house will allow menstruation leave for these specific sectors, it's, we can therefore interpret it as being across the board, and therefore this is something we need to take into consideration. Because as was rightly pointed out earlier, it's not possible in every sector to work for home, or for you to have your work be flexible in your workplace, or as that. And the point is, as possible, menstrual leave means you are not working you're not going to be worth the point is that if you're on leave then your pro- productivity as such has ceased altogether. And that's why I believe that that's something I needed to address. Proposition, I can respond um, to that. I have point, that I have a place on the that floor that's about the answer. You're asking, I don't know where the
3: meeting has I take Yes, I do take
8: the point about leave and This has kind of been the crux of the place as well. There is no one good way to sort this issue out. If we do take it as leave, if we take it as flexi-leave, it's not fair that women have women, have to put in this extra couple of hours in order to have a day off. But I think we have to take into account that this is an experience that not everybody across the board will face. It is different from sick leave and should be should be treated as such because it's always an extra add on that people who do experience periods have to face, um, both or including in terms of uh, monetary value. Like, you do have to buy different things and you have to take different things into account in terms of the fact that it is cyclical, and I think that's where monthly leave would come in handy.
0: That, and one final outstanding <coughs> question it's not really well. Actually, sorry, I'll take Mr. Uh, sort of black there because he's more of a
5: classic um So, this is going to seem financial, but there's a point. Obviously, we all know that there are thousands, probably millions, of children dying around the world every day in third world countries. Poverty, you know, famine, disease, blah blah blah. But we all know this, we all also know that our money is worth we can buy so much more in our countries. If we were all to give ten pounds a month, that would probably make a huge difference over there. But very few of us actually do that. And that's because there is that disconnect between there's something wrong and we can do something with this. I would admit the house that a similar thing exists with the men in the room. We are very conscious of the fact that, yes, women experience something that's terribly painful that we have no real conception of, but we don't really, you know, we can't, we can't empathy can only take you so far, is what I'm saying. Uh, so I don't know if the chair would permit, just to say, a brief show of hands from the women of the house, because I'd be very interested to see if, if if it was just completely unanimous from the, in favour or whatnot.
0: Um, in favour of, of the motion, because um, well, yeah, I, I imagine. Uh, I mean, I think we could take a vote a like now. that at the
5: end when we're doing our, our more substantive voting. It's just that the point about the thing Hugh made, I, I knew it was going to come up, not the same thing yeah. Just about, you know, people are going to take this leave whenever they don't really need to, blah, 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 blah. I don't think there's anyone in this house who would say any I mean, women's house who would say things like that. So I would be more interested from, you know, purely pragmatographical standpoint. You know, if
0: the women of the house think this is a genuinely good thing that they need. Because for men, I would say don't really know. So well, I would definitely promote on that at the at the yeah, end where well, well, we're doing our yeah, most receptive. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um so, Yeah, I'll take that, because that 'cause that, that didn't really cut as a bad thing.
3: Honestly, I'm genuinely actually torn between both sides of this argument and I think about it in terms of the jobs out there where you've really got to be on form when you're there, okay? And there are jobs out there, we know this, that where you have to be on your game and where you can just turn up and go through the motions, okay? So let's just take a barrister who, and it's closing day uh, on a murder trial where the guy's going down for life. And it's a female, and you've got a female barrister and it's the time of the month where it's really painful. Should she be able to basically turn around her client and go, look, I'm not on my game today, we need to postpone. Then, how does that go down? Does the judge go, okay, that's fine, we can postpone this until tomorrow? Because that's fair then to the person, the victim, uh, well, not fair for the victim, but it's fair for the, for the actual person who's getting uh, charges pressed against them. And the same thing with the surgeon. So, I'm actually genuinely torn here when you've got these really high, sort of, uh, performing jobs, where, and you've genuinely got a decrease in performance at certain times of the month. Right? So, I think there is real lace here and it comes from when the uh, female uh, Chinese gymnast basically said I was like 0.3 points down uh, on, my, on the final of the gymnastic competition because it was that time of the month. Okay, And so she's come out and done it. One of the reasons why i I really want to have this debate is because when you've got real high level athletes that are coming out and saying these sort of things, how on earth do you legislate for that? Do you have a set, specific set of jobs in which you can genuinely go actually we need to postpone for two days? Or do you have it across the entire field of work where you can turn up and run through the motions in a little bit of pain, which is actually me- reduced if you're on the correct medications? So that's why I'm generally torn here. So, this is a point of motion, how do you both respond to dealing with those sort of uh, differences in the workplace between the, what I would call the really high performing jobs and the ones where you can run through the motions? The competition take first
2: opportunity to respond. To it. Uh, um, I, I, well, I would say that there's been, there's been some disparagement um, in the debate of general generalisations. But I think when for this sort of thing we do have to talk in generalisation if you're formulating policy based on uh, things that are medically different between individuals. You have generalised about individuals, and if you formulate policy. In, in practice, a national government cannot break down um, employment policy by jaw. I
3: will for uh, one? Just regarding, ju- well, regarding judges, so they already do that with their tax allowances. Well, okay, fair. Um, <laughs>
2: I think, no, but I don't think, I don't think actually, I don't think actually, I mean, okay, that's a technical point about how we, how we frame the discussion, I think this, the, the substance of the discussion there actually doesn't make a huge difference, um, I don't think, I, I think again if we're in a position where we say we will only give women this, the, if, you know, somebody's life depends on it. Or somebody's freedom depends on whether it is in the case of the surgeon or the or the barrister. I think that still that still proceeds on a premise of a certain amount of cynicism and scepticism about women that you, know, you assume you don't assist, assist them unless it's really, really necessary to, rather than starting on a more starting on a basis which recognises that these issues exist and you know, there may be ways of dealing with them that aren't absolutely necessary for some people, but are still, nonetheless, um, I can't think of the word, no, they right. They're a better word than right. Um, it's not, but it's not in my head, it's so not, it's good with the right. <laughs> and the, the
10: opposition. And, um, mm-hmm. sorry. Sorry. Oh. Um, in, 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 there are big implications to your point about um, athletes and stuff, again, I would I 100% b- believe that everyone had said their job um, performance is down because of the pain they were going through. And so, what do you do? What do you do for the Olympics? You know? Like, if like, this happens, I'm sure it affects all athletes, I'm sure it affects lawyers and doctors. But and what, what, do what, what do you want to do? If we have, if we have a murder trial and someone's going to be going to So there's a, like, Lawyer has to be in their top game, but they're not, and they take leave, and then they don't. Eat. Then what they do for the victim is a fair for the victim to then have to sit through a retrial or like so. Like, you, like there is only so far you can take this sort of thing, and even if you were to introduce menstrual leave, like there's always going to be uh, jobs that you just know you can't take. It. As a woman, you know you can't take the time off, and so I agree, it's really tough. I, again, I can't empathize; I can only sympathize. But it's, it's, a, it's just a case of you, I just believe you can't have it because there's just so many avenues that you can never fulfilled if you do that in that road whereas if you just have a blanket ban on, as such on not having actually, we'll then everyone's in the same boat. And so that's exactly right.
0: Right. Uh, then we'll move on to the, to start the vote of the house. Uh, I think what we'll do is we'll go for the uh well, prior opinion, vote on the speaker and then we'll take uh sort of poll of uh, women go of the house, house seeing their
7: opinions are on this motion. Uh, and with that we'll do the prior opinion motion. If
0: before you enter this room tonight, you were in favor of the motion. Uh, please raise your hands and say aye. So to reiterate to reiterate before you enter the room tonight, you were in favour of allowing going metro metro lead monthly. And if you were opposed to the motion before you enter the house to see.
5: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so I guess, so, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I know, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's <know> a <laughs>
0: okay, <that's>
5: okay.
0: <laughs> And if you didn't really have no, mean, the, I was going before, you have <laughs> in the room tonight? Do uh, to you the up and say, see <laughs> and this is the, the, the your the vote. Sorry, it's on. And who you think spoke better tonight and argued their case better? So thought the proposition uh, put forward and uh, correctly stated the case and correctly uh, convinced you of the case. I say. Uh,
6: please raise your hand say uh. okay. say.
0: And if you've got the opposition, uh, rather, rebuff, please out and um, you don't think the motion should pass based on speaker ability, please put your hands up and say nay. Very heartfelt nay. <laughs> <laughs> a bit silly. Uh, just have a hand, try to <laughs> And um, if you thought both sides sort of released really in the case and spoke just as well as each other this evening,
6: please raise your hands and go. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Everyone loves
0: you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, God. <laughs> and there are quite a lot of people in the voting so. <laughs> Uh, women, if any women. Were... <laughs> yeah, that's
6: <what> Ladies. I've not my own brain and I'm at pains to dig any further. So uh, if you agree with the motion, please put your hands up and say aye. No. No.
3: Can I I (laughs) I'm just merely putting a point forward that based on that vote there's gotta be some bias based on how bad the women in the room are experiencing
0: So on prior opinion, the motion failed. Uh, After the debate, the motion failed. In a shocking turn of this, uh, amongst women in the house, uh, it also failed. (laughs) The motion failed. Uh, Let's go to the pub. It's held on the 12th of February every year. I should know this stuff. Um, yeah, it's held on the 12th of February every year, but uh, given that the 12th of February this year is on uh, the Sunday, we just keep the rolling on. We will be holding it on the 13th, which is a Monday, uh, Monday week, I believe. Uh, we'll be turning to various establishments. Historical import in of us. Price for members will be £3, the price for non members will be £4. Uh, please come along. So and uh, Watch how much of it Space Rob is when he's drunk. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, if you want to pay for that come along and have fun. We'll, I'll, I'll promise I'll buy you too. Um, uh, well, give money
6: to Chris Crupp, who's Don't make promises to can't deliver on